Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Brothers and sisters, welcome to our prayer time and scripture reflection. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone. Feel free to me- uh, mention your, co- your prayer requests in the comments, and we're going to get into the presence of God here and into his word, which is the word of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we ask you today for the gift of courage. We know that this is sorely lacking in so many quarters in our society today, in the family, in the church, in the realm of politics and business and everywhere. May this gift which you yourself want to give us prevail and be widely distributed and widely evidenced as we fight against the enemies of our times. Lord God, we repent of our sins, especially for any lack of courage or for any failure to fulfill our responsibilities towards you or others because of a lack of courage. Bless us now with freedom from all sin, with a spirit of service, and with the ability to understand your word more deeply, live it more faithfully, and proclaim it more effectively. Through Christ Jesus our Lord, amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our reading today is from the beginning of the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. I yearn to see you again, recalling your tears, so that I may be filled with joy as I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and that I am confident lives also in you. For this reason I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have have through the imposition of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power and love and self-control. So do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord, nor of me, a prisoner for his sake, but bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The laying on of hands. Paul, an apostle, is speaking now to one of the earliest bishops. He laid his hands on him. This is ordination. This is the millennia-old tradition of imparting the sign of imparting the Holy Spirit and dedicating and appointing certain people to ministry for the preaching of the Word of God. Now, Paul said, preach whether convenient or inconvenient, welcome or unwelcome. And from the beginning, we see it with the prophets in the Old Testament. We see it with Christ Jesus. We see it with John the Baptist, whose head was cut off. Jesus, who was crucified. The apostles, who died martyrs, deaths, except St. John. 
We see it down through the centuries that the word is met with opposition. Why? Because the light came into the world, as John's Gospel tells us, and some preferred darkness. In fact, they loved the darkness and they hated the light. So we have here a situation where those who are ordained to preach the word, like Paul did to Timothy, are warned, they are forewarned, that courage will be necessary, that hardship will be required. Bear your share of hardship for the gospel. Not just your share of joy, not just your share of excitement in preaching the word. You should be excited. I always say I know that I'm ready for a, uh, a talk, not just when I have the ideas clear in my mind and how one idea relates to the other and I have a clear idea of the audience, but also when I'm jumping off my chair with excitement at being able to share that message with that audience. I may have shared it a hundred times before, but that's a new audience, many of whom have never heard it before. And so I jump up with excitement when I have that excitement. Together with all those other factors, I know I'm ready to give the talk. But not just sharing the excitement of preaching the gospel, but the share of hardship. And he says, do not be ashamed of your testimony. Why should we be ashamed at all? Ashamed? God loves us. God died for us. God empowers us. No room here for being ashamed of the testimony of our faith. Afraid in advance that someone is going to criticize us for it. Here's the core of this reading that I want to focus on. And I made this verse the motto of Priests for Life. You know, when I first took over leadership of the organization back in 1993, the original founders had chosen another verse about uh, the baby leaping in the womb of Elizabeth. And of course, that shows the reality of unborn life. And that's a beautiful verse showing something that is at the core of our pro-life message. But I instead replaced it with this one. God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power, love, and self-control. Because what is most lacking in the pastoral response to abortion and to many other evils in the church today is not an understanding or even an acceptance of the, of the concepts of the truths that we're defending, but rather a lack of courage to defend them. It's not a lack of knowing what the teachings are. It's a lack of courage in bearing witness to those teachings which ultimately boil down to a person, the person of Jesus Christ, and bearing witness in the public arena where enemies gather where enemies plot and scheme against us. It's Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage? And the Gentiles conspire together against the Lord and His anointed. And those words came true as we see in the Acts of the Apostles. The Apostles recognized it right away, that the prophecies of how the Word would be opposed were coming true very quickly. And so it requires courage. It requires courage. Not worrying about, so, so often our fears, you know, Scripture says that fear is the abandonment of the help that comes from reason. And so often our fears are, are irrational. And so often the things we're afraid are going to happen to us when we do what is right, don't they often prove to be just fantasies? 
How many times have the fears that you had about doing something that you then found the courage to do, in fact, come to pass? Fear and imagination go hand in hand. And brothers and sisters, to be afraid of what another person is going to think or say or do in response to our faithful witness to Christ, that's not the main thing we have to think about. The main thing we have to think about is, are we faithfully representing Christ? Because if we are, then we must remember, at the judgment, it is He who will be seated on the judgment throne, not the person we're afraid of. God may not have given our enemies, our adversaries, the amount of insight, wisdom, or courage that you or I have. We're not going to have to answer for what God did or didn't give to them or what they did or didn't do with it. We're going to have to answer to what He gave us and what we did or didn't do with it. How much insight, how much knowledge, how much opportunity, how much courage did He give us? Now, one of the saints, I think it was Saint, one of the Saint Teresa, said, what do I do if I don't have the courage to do what I know I need to do? And it may seem like a silly answer, but she said, well, I do what I would do if I had the courage. You just have to do it once you know that it is the right thing. And yes, we take prudent account of all the circumstances and we consult where consultation is, is, uh, is um, suggested and, and seems appropriate. But we do what we know is right. And do what you would do if you had the courage. Never mind, in other words, about those chirping birds. St. John Bosco said, do good and let the birds sing. There's going to be chirping birds. There's going to be critics all along the way, all the time. We do what we have to do with courage, with the judgment seat in mind. It's going to be Christ, not the, not the critic, who's going to judge you. And furthermore, what is this in the light of eternity? You know, the saints and the monks they used to have on their desk skulls and the, wor the words in Latin, memento mori, remember that you will die, and also the question, what is this in the light of eternity? That gives us, those thoughts gives us, give us courage in the light of eternity, where if you have a whole seashore or all the beaches of all the world, and a bird comes and takes a tiny grain of sand and flies off for a million years. And then comes back and takes another grain and flies off for a million years. He will empty all the beaches of all the face of the earth and all the fields and all the mountains and all the valleys and all the, the mounds of dirt. And we will have only begun our first day in heaven. Every trial that we have patiently borne will delight us. Every fear that we have courageously overcome will delight us for all eternity. We think about that clearly. We have courage. We're afraid to lose things. When we have fears, we're afraid to lose things. The esteem, the relationship, a possession, of some aspect of our freedom. And in fact, we may lose certain things when we take certain stances. But brothers and sisters... Again, the overriding concern has to be that we never lose our friendship with God, that we never lose the relationship that is the most important of all. Is it not with Christ Jesus? Now, there's another aspect of this, this verse. 
stir into flame the gift of God that you have. Now, Paul had ordained Timothy. Now, you may be ordained, you maybe you're not ordained. doesn't matter. You receive the gift of God in baptism. You receive the gift of God when you learn the faith. Stir it into flame. The fact that the gift has been given you is not the end of the story. It doesn't then automatically lead to courageous or virtuous actions. The gift could, sadly and often does, lie dormant in people. The gift of God is given, and then the recipient doesn't use it. You have more courage than you think you have. Stir into flame, Paul says, the gift of God that you have. You don't have to ask for the gift. It's been given. The Holy Spirit has been given to you. Not an echo of the Spirit or a fraction of the Spirit or a shadow of the Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit who filled those apostles on Pentecost and caused them to preach to the crowds and bear witness to the one who was crucified even though they knew they might be crucified themselves and some were. Nevertheless, they spoke. Courage has a lot to do with speaking up. And speaking up is a clear sign of courage. That's why the Holy Spirit came as tongues of flame. Tongues that then gave speech on that Pentecost Sunday. Stir into flame the gift that you already have. People hate cowardice in people who are supposed to be leaders. People hate cowardice in politicians. People hate cowardice in pastors and bishops. People hate cowardice because it cheats them. Cowardice in a leader cheats the people who are being led. And in fact, leads them astray because it gives them a counterexample to what they should be seeing and hearing. Stir into flame, those of you who are leaders in any way, stir into flame the gift you've been given. Parents, you've been given gifts by God already. God doesn't give you a child without giving you the gifts you need to raise that child. Stir them into flame by prayer, by learning from the, the great examples around us in the saints, in good examples that we have among our living friends and fellow believers, fellow patriots, parents, patriots, stir into flame. Learning from the patriots of old and the founders of this country and those who have defended the nation, stir into flame the gifts God has given you. Even on a natural level, we don't use the gifts we've been given. You ever see some of the studies about the small percentage of the power of the human brain that we actually utilize in our life? What if we get beyond, got beyond that? I mean, I'm talking about you and me individually. Let's break that, that ceiling. Let's use more of the power, that we, the gifts we already have, even just on a natural level. How much more on a supernatural level? Stir into flame the gifts that God has given you. Ask Him for ways of stirring into flame. Exercise. You know, we've been given the gifts, you know, in our physical makeup of our bodies, our muscles. You know, you look at people who work out. And what are they doing? They're stirring into flame the gifts they've been given just on a natural level because they practice. Practicing. Devoting time to developing those gifts. This is virtue and this is the path we're called to be on. Let's pray today for courage. Let's thank God for the examples of courage that we have.
Let's stir into flame the gifts we've been given. And let's encourage one another. Because one of the greatest ways that people are able to stir those gifts into flame is when they hear from you the praise, the appreciation, the affirmation that we all need from one another as we journey together in Christ for the gospel. Let us pray. Father, there is much darkness around us, and we need people who are ready to shine the light of truth. Father, there is much compromise and cowardice around us. We need people who are ready to stand up and give the example of courage. Bless us with that. Your church needs it. Our world needs it. Our nation needs it. Bless us, Father, in your Son, with the gift of your Holy Spirit. We pray blessing upon all the prayer intentions that have been voiced and that remain in our hearts. Lord, grant the needs of all. Grant the needs of our nation in this current election season. Give us courageous leaders. Bless the needs of your church. Clear up confusion. Give us competent and clear teachers of the faith. Grant us wisdom, Lord, in all the decisions we make. And may we raise up the next generation to be warriors for your word and for your truth. And we pray now in the words that Jesus gave us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me, friends. Let's move forward with courage. Let's proclaim the gospel of life, and uh, looking forward to having you continue to join us for these scripture reflections. Spread the word, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor or you can call us at 
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.